Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated. So it is always an absolute genuine privilege to be able to get up and be part of the church and of course uh, to have the time to address you all. And as Jess has just been saying, uh, uh, this week is week three of our relationship series, Love, Lessons and Lies. And this morning, uh, I uh, particularly want to focus on the imperative transition from uh, meaningful relationships into friendships, because they are different. We get confused, I think, the way that I hear that we use the word relationship and and then a friend, and what's the difference? Well, there are, there's a massive difference, and I think we get them confused sometimes. And, and this morning, um, I, I want to be clear, I'm talking about meaningful relationships. I'm not talking about casual relationships, which are more like acquaintances, but I'm talking about relationships that are, that are supposedly meaningful, uh, that, that you've, you've, they do, they're, they're going somewhere. So... <clears throat> um, or you're wanting that you're finding something of good value in that in that relationship. Um, you know, Jesus. Uh, when Jesus, everything that Jesus did on the cross, all that he accomplished on the cross was that we would have a personal, meaningful relationship with him. Would you agree? But I'm absolutely convinced that. God's heart is that we would not just have a meaningful relationship with him, but, but that we would also be his friend. Not just a meaningful relationship, but his friend. I think it goes far deeper. I think a, a friendship goes far deeper than a meaningful relationship. And so uh, I, I absolutely believe that God values and delights more in having a friendship with us than just in being a meaningful relationship with us and I believe the Bible's clear about that in James chapter 2 verse 23 the scripture tells us that Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith but look at this and he was even called he was even called the friend of God and so it went from this personal relationship this meaningful relationship into being called the friend of God this is Abraham and so you might be saying oh well that's all very well but I'm not Abraham well the reality is you're of the seed of Abraham because you're in Christ Jesus we've got to understand how important these scriptures are when we start to think about well we can't just go well that was for Abraham that's not for me this is not true the Bible clearly teaches that we are of the seed of Abraham because we're in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we have the same spiritual DNA that he's got. And therefore, we are able to see everything that goes on in the life of Abraham as though we can apply it to ourselves. Listen to what it says in Exodus 33. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his... Hello, not just Abraham, now Moses. And so here we find that, that there's, a, there's this real thing about... Uh, 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 having a relationship with Abraham and Moses, but then it goes far deeper than that, I believe, for God, because in two cases here we find that he says, yes, I don't just want to be in a personal, meaningful relationship with you, I want to be in a friendship with you. And now look what it says in John fifteen fifteen, And no longer call, do I call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you... Here we now have another example of where Jesus is talking to his disciples... And we find that 
Basically, in this scripture, what Jesus is saying to his disciples is that there is a time coming when we will be brothers because we will have the same father. I've got to accomplish a few things on the cross first, but when I do that, you'll be able to be in the same relationship with the father that I'm in, and we will be brothers. But what's more important to me is that we won't just be brothers, but we'll be brothers who are? See, Jesus didn't just want to be in a relationship. And he wasn't now just, this is not just for the disciples, this is for all of those that would come, he says. And he's saying, when we come to Jesus and we are born again and we understand how we now are in this meaningful relationship with God, it goes far deeper though for God, if we will, because now he's saying, well, can we go from this meaningful relationship because we're both now in Christ. We're, all in, we're in Christ and we have this relationship with our Father God. So just like Jesus relates to the Father, so we relate to the Father. And yet we find that it goes far deeper for Jesus because he says, I don't just want us to be in a, a brothers. I want us to actually have a friendship. Proverbs 18 puts it this way. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Brother speaks of relationship there. And so if I was to put it this way, friendship sticks closer than relationship. Proverbs says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother and basically friendship sticks closer than relationship. I'm not saying that you, you can't be a, 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 a sibling and, and be a best friend as well. That is true. It can happen. Very rarely, very often, it doesn't. But it's a great thing when siblings, brothers and sisters, can actually not just be in a, a, a sibling relationship, but that they can be friends as well. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Jesus sees friendship as the highest form of relationship, I believe. It takes a meaningful relationship to a whole nother level. Relationships are built over time. Relationships are built over trust. You'll have to excuse me this morning. I'm on antibiotics and they're not working. Well, they're not working yet. Yes, I blew my, new, my nose. You'd be, if I didn't, it wouldn't look real good. Um, listen, relationships, you have to get this right. Relationships are built over time, but friendship are built on... Do you get it? See, relationships, you can... So like, if you're spending time with somebody, well, then you're in a relationship with them, and you can spend a lot of time with them, and it might even become quite a meaningful relationship. But the friendship, just spending time with a person, and spending a lot of time with a person doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually building trust. When it goes to a whole other level, we call it friendship, then friendship, this friendship, when trust begun, starts to come into this meaningful relationship, well then that's when we start to find a friendship being formed. And Jesus loves spending time with us, but even more so loves being friends with us because friends trust each other and he's wanting to trust us as much as he wants us to trust him. Now I know... Whoa... God. I know. <laughs> Lucky I wasn't blowing my nose just then. <laughs> the Spirit of Jesus. That's right, mate. He's in the place. Here's the thing. Maybe, maybe God really wanted you to get that point. 
Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We need to be very clear about this. Jesus, we talk about putting our trust in Jesus, and, and we ought put our trust in him. But Jesus was also, is also saying, and I'd like to be able to trust you too. And so this is where we go from this meaningful relationship with him into this friendship when we start to live our lives and, and in a way that he's not just, we're not just trusting him, but he can start to trust us. We're not perfect by any means and we'll never be perfect until we leave this earth. But in the meantime, we're wanting to live our lives more and more in a way that Jesus can trust us, right? Hello? And so... What can we learn from Jesus about developing our own friends? If, if we see that meaningful relationships uh, need to go into this trust area, which we're now calling friendship, then how, what can we learn from Jesus about how you go about developing these friendships? Number one, Jesus had a friendship circle. We have friendship circles, people. Jesus had one. In the Gospels, we notice that Peter, James, and John were with Jesus more often than the other disciples. Did you notice that? Whenever Jesus wanted to go somewhere, guess who he took? Just those three. Well, that was, that's what's been recorded. However, we know that Jesus is not partial. He doesn't have favourites. So it appears that he has an inner circle, and you would, it would appear that in that inner circle, they are trusted, three trusted disciples who went everywhere with him. That was the difference. He had a relationship and a meaningful relationship with all of his disciples. He spent a lot of time with them. But with those three, it would appear that he had gone further than just having a meaningful relationship with them, but he had been able to start to trust them with some of the deeper things. And so he would invite them to go everywhere with him. And I believe it's the same for us. I believe that we, have, we will find that we probably have a, a, a small, a, just a small group of friends who we can actually trust. Like Jesus, we're probably only going to have about three to five friends that we can really trust, truly be vulnerable with and confide in. I, I find sadly so many times people overshare with a whole bunch of stuff, especially where... On social media. Don't get me started. You know, social media, it's all over sharing. Or worse still, it's sharing a whole lot of rubbish, which we actually gullibly start to believe. Because it's not, they're, they're, we're just not that good. Things aren't just that good. <laughs> and they become very vulnerable and start to tell everybody everything. This is not on. Jesus did not do that. And we need to be very clear about what the very, there will be only a very small, a smaller group. We're suggesting three to five of friends. And so I'd be encouraging you to think about the, the, the three to five very close friends, people that you honestly would say, I can confide in, I feel safe with, I can be vulnerable with them, and I can trust them with very deep personal things that are happening in my life. Probably no more than five, generally around about three. Jesus had three. Now let me just speak quickly to all married couples. Because I'd suggest if you want to do everything you can to bulletproof your marriage, work more on your husband-wife friendship than your husband-wife relationship. Because what's going to happen is trust has got to be built into this marriage, right? And we just talked about trust is actually when you start to enter into a friendship. 
And I find a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of things in, in marriages and they're, and they're working on this relationship. Well, I would encourage you to have deep and meaningful relationships, but I would also encourage every married couple to have not just meaningful relationships, but have a very close friendship. And I would also suggest that your spouse is your closest, closed friend. Your spouse ought be your closest, close friend. All right, point number two. So Jesus also had deep and meaningfuls with his friends. Uh, and so in uh, chapter, uh, John chapter 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and uh, they're actually at the Last Supper. And I think that there would be no uh, greater example of where Jesus was having a deep and meaningful with his friends than when he was having the Last Supper with them because he was sharing very, very personal things with them just before his crucifixion. Uh, and so here we find in John 16, he said, he's talked to the disciples and the disciples actually say, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. So when you're having deep and meaningful conversations, you'll find that you are able to, you, things are very clear and there, there's no uh, figures of speech. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 18, uh, sorry, num- 12, Numbers chapter 12, verse 8, Moses said this, that God spoke to him face to face, look at it, clearly and not in riddles. In other words, this was not unusual. God, when God has a friend, he wants to be able to speak clearly and not in riddles. He wants to be able to have deep and meaningful conversations uh, with his friends and make sure that there's sort of, it's, it's as if there's nothing between them. They are able to speak clearly and openly with each other. You have to understand that face-to-face, by the way, cannot mean that Moses was actually talking to, to God face-to-face because the Scriptures tell us that no man or woman, for that matter, has seen God's face and lived. But what the word face-to-face actually means is it comes from the Hebrew word alpanay and it actually means there is nothing between us. Face-to-face, nothing between us. And so D&Ms are, are, are meant to be like that. And in other words, we ought to be able to be open and transparent with each other and be able to speak clearly and not in riddles to one another. And so for us, if Jesus was doing that, for us it means that we must have trusted friends who we can have heart-to-heart conversations with and feel completely vulnerable, confidential and safe with. And so here we have DNMs, and you could probably have those DNMs with, with a, 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 a bigger group than just the three-to-five group which is the group where you found yourself uh, totally uh, you know, in, that, in that place of, of real trust. You can still have DNMs with your friends, but, but, but likely not share everything with them. And so in, in point number three, we find that Jesus didn't share everything with his closest friends. I think, we're so, uh, we, I think we would all agree that we do overshare a whole lot of stuff. But Jesus knew there were times when you shared stuff with your friends and there were times when you didn't because there were, only, there were things that only God could handle. And this comes back to the importance of our friendship with Jesus. Sometimes he's the only friend that you can actually share things with. In Mark chapter 14, we find that Jesus is about to go to the cross. And here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
And he's taken, guess who with him? Peter, James and John. The trusted, the ones that he could say, I think I can trust you with what's, what I'm about to do here. But look what it says. It says, he took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. You would have thought that when you get deeply distressed and troubled like this, he would have been able to start to talk to Peter, James and John. Since he would take them everywhere with him and they were in that circle with him and he could trust them. But look what it says. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed. So that's the point. I can't take you everywhere with me. I can't share everything with you. I'm deeply distressed and troubled. You have to stay there. I'm going to go a little bit further. And guess where he went to? He went to his father. And so Jesus knew there were certain times when the only one he could talk to was his father. Do we know those times? Do we know that there are times when we can only really talk to our father God? Or do we start just bringing even our close, fam- uh, close friends and we start sharing with all of them? But they can't handle it. There are certain things, even those trusted friends, they just can't handle it. And I know you're deeply distressed and troubled, but Jesus is giving us a great example here that there are sometimes when the deep distress and troubles are the only, the only, thing, only one who can carry those things is, is God. He knew Jesus, his friends, Jesus knew his friends could not carry his deep distresses and troubles. He could only trust these things with his Father. For us, we need to be wise with knowing what our friends can carry and what they can't carry and what they can share and what they can't share. And like Jesus, there are certain things we can only trust our Father with. Would you agree? And as a very wise person who can figure out just when I can only share things, certain things with my Father. And of course, this comes back to how close do we have our own friendship with our Father God? What does that friendship look like? How much do I really trust Him? Do I honestly believe that when I speak to him about my deep distress and troubles, he's actually there and he actually knows and he's going to be there with me and he will carry me and he will take me through these things? I think sometimes the reason why we share a whole bunch of stuff with our, even our close friends and we then find that they can't handle it and it sort of causes problems within their friendship is because we actually don't trust God enough with our deep distresses and troubles. Hello? It's really and really important people to know sometimes the only one you can really talk to is your Father God. He will be there. He's always there. He's your friend. You can trust him implicitly. Point four, Jesus didn't expect his friends to be perfect. Oh my goodness. I found this happens all the time. I find that in friendships, we actually start to think our, our, our friends are absolutely perfect. You know, they never, they never, they never stuff up. <sighs> Still in the same account where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's going to, you know, uh, be crucified and he's gone off to pray. Actually, what he told them to do, he said, listen, I'm deeply distressed and troubled. I'm going to go a little bit further. I want you to stay here. But what he actually told them to do in Mark chapter 14 is, I want you to stay here and pray for me. So I'm not going to share everything with you, but I want you to pray. Just, just wait there and pray for me. 
And so sometimes the thing, best thing that your closest friends can do is pray for you, but don't share everything with them because you're going to talk to your father about that. But look what happened. He'd gone off and then he came back to his disciples in, in Mark 14, 37 to find them sleeping. Simon, he said uh, to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? And, the, and, and what's even worse, his closest friends hadn't just fallen asleep once. He went off again, so he sort of wakes them up and says, hey, guys, I need you to be praying for me. Like, I've got stuff going on here, and it's a big day coming up for me, and could you just be praying for me? But what made matters worse, he came back two times more after that and found them sleeping every time. Just when you thought you could count on your friends, they went to sleep. People, our friends are not perfect. And sometimes we expect them to be. And when we expect more out of our friends than we ought, it can cause lots of problems within our friendship and we begin to think we can't trust them anymore. Well, of course, you can trust them. You just have to accept that we're not all perfect. Would you agree? And as much as you could imagine, it was for him to go away and say, guys, I'm asking you to pray for me. What's going on here? I would have thought that Jesus, having come back the third time, would have said, you know what, it's all good. I was able to go to my Father God. I've got, I've got stuff sorted with him now. I'm ready to go and do business on the cross. But I'm so glad that you guys are still with me and, uh, and that, you'll, that, that we can get, still go through this together. I'm sh- he never held it against them. He never actually said, you, you lazy things, you, what, is, what was the worth of having you with me? He never did any of that. He was able to accept that they were not perfect. And we need to do the same. For us, we need to manage our expectations within our friendships because high expectations will kill friendships. I've seen it so many times. The high expectations kill friendships. And so... As we conclude, I believe that we look to Jesus as our role model for our friendships. And if we will do that, we're going to enjoy much healthier relationships. Did you hear me? We will have much healthier, meaningful relationships if we look to Jesus as our role model for friendships. Because I believe that every healthy relationship must have a degree of trust in it. Did you hear that? Every healthy relationship must have a degree of trust in it. I find that, that relationships that don't have any trust in them, in other words, no form of friendship, become shallow and at worst unhealthy. And so I believe that in every case, a healthy relationship will develop into some form or level of friendship. And I would so encourage us today to think about not just our meaningful relationships, but how are we building trust into those things and therefore how are we going about forming friendships. And whatever you do, look to Jesus as our role model. He'll show us how we can go about having really good friendships. Don't don't trust don't share don't overshare everything don't do it don't have too high expectations on your friends remember you're probably only going to have maybe three maybe up to five but Jesus only had three 
of really, really close friends. And please remember, married couples, do everything you can to work on your husband-wife friendship, not just your husband-wife relationship. Amen? Wonderful Father, we thank you this morning that today we don't just, you just don't see us in a meaningful relationship with you, but you actually, your heart is that we would be friends, that you would be, that, we're your, that you're our friend and we're your friend. And your heart would be that for each and every one of us, that there would be this element of trust between us, that we're not just spending time with you, Father, but we're actually living our lives in a way that now we can build trust. And so by the Holy Spirit, Father, we pray that you continue your deep work within each and every one of us, that we would not just have our, our, our friendship with you, uh, this built-on trust with you and meaningful relationship with you, but it would be then not just with you, but then we would take all of that and we would be able to have those same kind of friendships with people in our worlds. Our hearts, Father, that you would rejoice over the way that we can do our friendships and have healthy relationships that don't just spend time with each other but trust each other. And every heart said, Amen and Amen. Well, so thank you so much for listening. God richly bless you. I trust that that's been helpful. We're going to have one final call, song. Not, song as we uh, go out today and enjoy the rest of your week.